0: Welcome to the Keystone Church podcast. Keystone Church exists to lead people towards a life that is fully surrendered to Jesus. We hope that this message will encourage you and inspire you to take your next step in your faith journey. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy this week's message from Pastor Lauren Foster. As we wrap up our In the Waiting series here this weekend, here's what we've learned the past couple of weeks. We've studied through the book of Philippians, we've taken a look at the life of Paul, how he was able to have joy in the midst of his waiting season, a waiting season where he was actually waiting to die. In fact, in week one, we talked about having joy no matter what, that joy is a choice. We saw that through the life of Paul, he was able to have joy despite the circumstances around him and that joy is something that runs deep. It's not shallow like happiness, but it does come with a choice. Week two, we took a look at how we can have joy as our focus in our life. And that there are actually some things in our life that will attempt to kill our joy if we let them. But we studied scripture and we found that we can keep joy as our focus if we have an eternal perspective, an eternal mindset, truthfully living with the end in mind. And this weekend, what I want to take a look at through Philippians chapter 4 is how we can have a joy that remains. So let's jump right into scripture here this weekend. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Please write this next statement down. Anxiousness is the ultimate thief of joy. Anxiousness is the ultimate thief of joy. If we allow it, anxiousness, anxiety can rule and reign in our life. In fact, that statement, do not be anxious about anything, it literally means in nothing, Be anxious. Idiomatically, it's expressed as do not eat up your own heart, don't let your thoughts kill you, or this statement, which I absolutely relate to don't let your thoughts take away your strength. It speaks to when it comes to anxiety, being halfway between hope and fear. You're not on either side, you're just in this anxious middle. Where you're stressed, you're frustrated, and anxiety is ruling and reigning in our life. In fact, here are a few spaces where anxiety can reside in our life. I'm going to move through these quickly, but I'd love it if you're taking notes. Write this down. Number one, our worry. Anxiety can reside in our worry. In fact, if you look at some of the major studies that evaluate the top worries of people in our nation, here they are in the top five, work. Money, health, what other people think, and then this final one, it kind of surprised me, I guess it shouldn't, but it's our past. People worry and they get stressed out about things today that happened yesterday. Things that are behind us that we cannot change, they still create moments of anxiety in our life. Big things, small things, If you took a look at all the specific phobias that are out there, there are over 500 documented phobias in the world today. In fact, the number one phobia is being asked to speak in public. It freaks people out. But I found a few that were just absolutely bizarre because I'd never heard of them before, but I thought you'd like to hear. Some of the things that stress us out that we can find anxiety in on a daily basis. Pognophobia is a fear of beards. So you see someone with a beard, you start to get freaked out. I don't know what that's like, I've got a beard, but maybe you're concerned in some way. This next one, chlorophobia, I can kind of relate to this one, it's a fear of clowns. So you see a clown and you start to get freaked out, your anxiety level begins to elevate. This next one, Terranophobia, it's the fear of being tickled by feathers. Never in my life have I ever encountered a situation where someone is in public, they're chasing another person with a feather and that person is having anxiety as a result of it. But if you think about it, it's a terrifying prospect to even consider. And the last one is this. Maybe you found yourself in this situation and you can relate to it. It's nomophobia. This is an actual documented fear. It's the fear of being without mobile phone coverage. (laughs) Plenty of choices in our life where we can find anxiety or we could allow it to rule in our life. The root word for worry is to strangle Even a more clear definition is it's to harass. It's like I just can't get away from this anxiety. I can't get away from this worry in my life. It's harassing me. And worry, in and of itself, it can't change anything. It can only hurt us. The second place where anxiety can reside in our life is our why. Why? It's our why. I talked about this in week one, so I'm not going to settle in on this particular point, but many times our whys can frustrate us if we don't have answers, if we don't understand all the reasons why something took place. We can tend to blame God, and our whys can actually create this, this frustration, this anxiety, and can actually create distance between us and the Lord. In fact, I read a very discouraging story this past week about someone in the Christian community that came out publicly and they said, I'm walking away from my faith. And when I read about their story, they talked about how it was like a thread on a sweater that slowly unraveled over years and years and years. That's how they described the loss of their faith. But in this story, from what I could read, and I don't know the full context But I read that this particular person, they didn't talk about their concerns or the things that created this anxiety. For years and years, they let that grow. And eventually, they came to a place where it created a lot of distance between themselves and the Lord. And this last one, our who. Our who can also create anxiety in this space in our life. Think about this. Relationships that you have with people right now people that you work with, people that you live with, your family, close friends. I want you to think about a time in your life where perhaps you scheduled an event or you avoided a particular event because someone was going to be there. We all have those moments, and maybe even it comes around the holidays, where you just have to prepare yourself mentally. It's like, ah, oh, okay, Whew. I know I'm going to be around this particular person and, and your, your heart just races a little bit faster. Your mind just goes to another place where you feel like you have to plan, you have to prepare. What are the questions that they're going to ask me? And all of a sudden, there's this anxiety that starts to take over and rob us of our joy in our life. I can tell you that this topic of anxiety, this is something that I deal with from time to time. In fact, over the past three months that we've been quarantined, I've had moments You could even ask my wife a couple weeks ago. I was just sitting in our home and I was just overwhelmed with the thoughts of what was taking place. And as a pastor, it's been difficult to just speak and see our people in our church through a camera lens. And I'm often wondering day by day, how is everybody doing? How's everyone's relationship with God? Are we taking care of you as a church? Is there anything that we could be doing better? And I find myself getting overwhelmed to the point where I could just start to say, God, I I don't know what's going on, what's happening, what's next? And I can feel it harassing me as it says in this context of this scripture. And let me just remind you, whatever is happening here, if you allow it to overwhelm you, will eventually make its way here. And Scripture, what Paul is trying to say is that there's a truth in this. God gives us a choice. God gives us a better way. And the reality is, once the coronavirus is gone, once all of this passes, this is a season, and once we get through it, there are still going to be opportunities for anxiety to attempt to take up residence in our life. It's not going to end once the coronavirus passes. Life is going to be difficult from time to time. But the great news is we have a choice The Lord said in Scripture, take heart because I've overcome the world. We have a choice, a decision to make when it comes to this joy that we're describing. The promises that God has hope On the other side, we aren't stuck. This isn't where we have to stay. There is a better way. Luke chapter 12, verse 22 through 25 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn Yet God feeds them, and how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour? To your life. I love it. We're going to see in Philippians 4, verse 10 and 12 here in just a little bit about how Paul was making the decision to choose joy. And the reality is, if the opportunity for anxiety will always exist, even after this difficult season ends, even after this waiting season is over then we have a choice to make. Paul gives us a blueprint for this in Philippians 4. And here are a few ways of how to have joy that remains. Number one, please write this down. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I want to break this down because my first reaction when I feel the anxiety that I described just a minute ago is not necessarily to want to pray all the time. My first response often is to want to fix it on my own. It's to want to get in there and solve the problem in and of my own strength. And what Paul is laying out here, what he's displaying for us, is he's telling us three things I see in this passage of Scripture when he talks about praying, petitioning, and thanksgiving. Praying is simply telling God what's going on in your life. Lord, there's something happening right now in my life, and and I'm struggling with it. I'm, I'm crying out to you right now. I'm praying to you. I'm presenting my request to you. Petitioning is simply saying, God, I've got a humble and sincere request. Lord, this is what's happening in my life. I'm praying, I'm petitioning. God, here is what I'm asking you to do. And then when Paul says with thanksgiving, it's saying this, by faith, I thank you in advance. So it's saying, Lord, I'm telling you what's going on in my life. I'm asking specifically that this would take place. And by faith, I'm thanking you that you're going to move in. On my behalf, in and through this situation. And then the word says when that takes place, when we trust God with what we're dealing with, peace comes in our life and it's supernatural it's something that we can't describe because what I've found is this when I'm praying through something that's been difficult for me to handle in my life oftentimes what I need more than the result of my prayer is the peace in knowing that God is working on my behalf it's recognizing that God's peace is illogical that it's not going to make sense And that your situation may not change, but your soul will. So I'm encouraging you, all of us, myself included, when you feel those moments where at times something tries to rob your joy, tries to steal away the peace that God has intended. Let's pray first. Let's give God permission first to do something on our behalf. Number two, Think about the right things. Think about the right things. Philippians 4, 8, 9 says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace Will be with you. You know what I'm finding in this season of waiting is that it's easy to get trapped in this toxic tidal wave of social media where we're bombarded and it just crashes over us day after day after day. And you might say, Well, Foster, it's okay. I can handle it. I'm just trying to be really well informed. (laughs) To be honest, here's what it feels like it feels like rivers of negativity, but drops of God. And some of us wonder why we don't have joy. Why we feel the constant tension and the anxiety in our life. And Paul's trying to say, listen, these things, they're not going to go away anytime soon. Even after what is facing our nation right now with this pandemic, once it passes, there are still going to be opportunities for us to put our trust somewhere else. And Paul is saying, make the choice and choose joy. For our family, in the next couple weeks, we're going to actually take a digital sabbatical where we take a day or two and we just turn off the technology and we just disconnect, spend time with one another, spend time with the Lord, and just take a break. Just do a reset. What we see through this passage in Philippians is that godly thinking leads to godly behavior. So just be careful what are we thinking and spending our time meditating on day after day. It will ultimately help determine whether or not we're able to keep this joy. And number three, trust God in all things. Trust God in all things. Philippians 4, 12 and 13, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. At the end of the day, anxiety is the place where we are mistrusting God. Notice I didn't say it's where we're distrusting God It's we're mistrusting Him. It's we're missing out on the opportunity to have this supernatural peace that can guard our heart in any and every situation, no matter what we're facing. It's Paul trying to say, hey, stop carrying the things that you and I were never intended to carry. Leave them at the foot of the cross and give them to Christ. Pray about everything. Think about the right things and trust God in all things. Keystone, I'm gonna encourage all of us in the waiting, in our season where we don't know what's coming next, let's choose joy. Let's lean into what God has for our life. Let's trust Him. Let's pray first. Let's petition the Lord and with thanksgiving in our heart, thank Him in faith for what He's going to do in our life. Allow the peace of God to supernaturally change us regardless of what is happening in the circumstances around us. And let's experience a joy that remains. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified each week as soon as a new sermon is available. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Keystone Church or over on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Keystone Church PA. And of course, for more information, you can visit our website at keystonechurchpa.com.